0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Murderer's Escape, Lady and the Tramp, Death Row Defender, and Charlie's Angels. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Robbie. And... (laughs) Yep, I'm most certainly that person, and this is reenacted mm-hmm. an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Um, so, Chris, we're I'm yeah. just gonna come right out in the open and say mm-hmm. this right off the bat. Just fess. Okay. Just fess up. And I'm All I'm right. I'm sorry that I didn't even talk with mm-hmm. you about this beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh oh, that sounds like I'm in trouble.
1: No, uh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I uh oh went ahead and I watched a cu- couple of the new Unsolved Mysteries episodes.
0: Oh okay, yeah.
1: Um, I I hadn't quite planned on it. I was actually over right um at the Cooper residence, <laughs> and mm-hmm.
0: and it was just like on. Yeah,
1: like <laughs> when I'm over there. And Uh after dinner or whatever, uh, there's there's this elaborate ritual regarding what to Mm -hmm. watch on the television. Uh And unless it's a night where Impractical Jokers is on, uh, there's Uh a lot of subtle, tacit, (laughs) unspoken communication between Uh all the people in the room in the form of just sort of one you know one person is just scrolling through thing after thing on Netflix mm-hmm. or whatever service
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yes. everyone just kind of just stares at the screen and usually yeah. usually after about an hour of this someone's like just pick something mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, but th- actually <laughs> And so that's that's mm-hmm. how I ended up seeing the first two episodes of the new Unsolved mystery show. Um, mm-hmm. gotta say, I wasn't. I wasn't too knocked out by it. I've,
0: yeah, I uh, I mean, I have some I briefly watched one of the episodes, not even all the way through. Yeah, which is saying a lot. But what did you think about it?
1: Um, well, I mean, putting aside, obviously, I have some sort of bias because I mean, there's there's no Robert
0: Stack, mm-hmm.
1: so that alone. There's
0: no host at all, right? And there's there's no,
1: there's host. no yeah, and, and that's that's where we get to like even uh, even you know putting aside the Robert Stack thing, it's just the format of it. It did not to me. It did not feel like unsolved mysteries because. Mm-hmm. yeah like you say, there's no host. there's no interstitials of the uh, host somewhere somewhere in like a water utility company made up to look like a police station uh, talking about <laughs> <laughs> talking about yeah, talking about what what the next segment is about. And that's I mean that's partially because there are no segments. Each episode is just about a single mm-hmm. um, incident. Uh, and so really like watching it, to me, and one of the members of the Cooper family is obsessed with all those true crime type shows. And to mm-hmm. me, it just, it felt like it was kind of just indistinguishable from one of those. Uh, like, like. The,
0: yeah, I mean, it's no, I think that's, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I will say the two episodes I watched. At yeah. least they were, um. The, the particular mystery that they were focusing on in each case was like the idea of it was, was pretty interesting. It was some, you know, one was about like a guy who, uh, disappeared from the house and his body was found like, uh, on the roof of a hotel or something. Uh, and there was a lot of just like confusion. As to why, why he would even be there, uh, and how he ended up, uh, like, you know it just it was it was something where it, it, it was just like, how did that even come to be a thing? So and it was like, okay, I mean, that uh, the, 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 they were sort of like things that like if you made a segment on unsolved mysteries, it was like, yeah, you know, that's a really strange uh you know set of circumstances, but I just was not mm-hmm. I just wasn't knocked out by it. I'm just going to go ahead and mm. openly confess that right now.
0: Um yeah, I mean I um I don't know if you remember but like this is oh, god it feels like well in covid time this feels like it was decades ago but it was probably closer to about I don't know maybe 8 months ago or something it was like the end of 2019. I don't know if you remember me telling you how I was at a house party and um, the hosts, their friend, all of these people work in like post production or production in television.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I don't know if you remember, but I actually somebody came to the party. That's a close friend of theirs that had just finished doing production for this new unsolved mystery series. You remember? Yes,
1: this? I, I do. I, I do. I do remember it. Yes.
0: Right, and she couldn't. She couldn't say anything about the. You know, all these people have like. NDAs and stuff that they have to sign. So she couldn't say too much about the cases, like what what she had gone to go film. Yeah. But I could ask a few questions. And I was like, I was, I was alarmed then about her responses. So I was like, <laughs> so who's the host? Who's the host they got for this? And she's like, I don't think there is a host, but you know, of course in a production, you only, you know, the people on the ground only work on a small portion of it. So they often don't know what the final product is gonna look right. like if you work in production so she's like i don't think there's a host and i was like i mean this this was red flag number one i was like oh okay um red flag number two it was like so you were going were you guys like filming reenactments then <laughs> and she was like no there's no reenactments and i was like oh okay <laughs> like mm. yeah there
1: really wasn't so i was there was not yeah. there were there were not reenact. i mean they had like a little bit of just, like, you know, uh describing someone, like, going down the stairs and leaving the house or something. And they sh- they right. showed someone doing well, it's that. All,
0: but... It's all stock footage. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's just stuff that, like, is, in once again, is indistinguishable from, like, just the sort of, you know, filler you would see on any other true crime program today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I I got about like 20 minutes into the UFO episode.
1: Oh, that's the one you chose to uh, pursue.
0: Yeah, cuz I didn't I didn't I was like I've seen a, I've seen true crime shows before. I don't need I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to the UFO one cuz that's the one that was exciting to me. But like 20 minutes in, we they weren't even like talking about UFOs. There were like there was just a lot of cryptic shit around everyone saw this thing happen and this is where I was and like we haven't even gotten to what the UFO looked like what the event was like and we were 20 minutes in and I was like if this was the real unsolved mysteries that would have been case closed in 15 minutes right like we would have been done and on to the next segment and like it was just really tedious and so mm. I was like okay I'm done I'm done I'm done with this because it, it, it didn't distinguish itself from any other yeah sort of true crime show and i've watched plenty of those like i'm not trying to diss on the genre or anything but i'm wondering if the choice to the format that they did it with having it episodic so that each episode is one case as opposed to having multiple cases was because they wanted to like get in on that cachet of like those true crime docuseries where there where every detail is discussed things are really drawn out Um, you know, some, some of those can be really compelling, Mm -hmm. like, um, but other ones, like, I don't know, man. I'm thinking, as far as docuseries go, the one that I'm thinking of that is the most egregious of taking, like, 45 minutes of material and turning it into a six-part or (laughs) six-hour-long docuseries is, is, uh, is McMillions.
1: I'm not familiar with... Did you hear about this?
0: Okay, well, (laughs) um... For those of you who aren't familiar, there was a docuseries, I think it came out again, beginning of this year, maybe. And it was about the scam that was run on the McDonald's Monopoly game. Oh,
1: man, that sounds awesome.
0: Doesn't it? I was so, so stoked. I'm like, this is my jam. I have never cared about anything more in my life. Let me watch this docuseries. But like, it, it was really, oh my God. I mean, they had reenactments of people like, going to uh, for a walk and then doing this that like the it just it was like you're into episode four and you don't even know what the scam is yet you know who all the players are
1: okay there's
0: like all these all these hero shots of introducing like so and so and like what and there was like a bunch of people involved that like really had nothing to do with the scam or busting the criminals and like oh I don't know. It was, it was, I think that's the gold standard for having like a true crime docuseries that really just needed to be like maybe an hour and a half documentary at most. And they stretched it into six hours, which should have been really, really exciting, ended up being really awful and kind of boring. So. Were any of
1: the reenactments of people going into a McDonald's and buying a, a Big Mac and fries and pulling off the little, yeah, yeah. No, that that's yes. something that...
0: I mean, there was reenactments of every daily activity a person could do. <laughs> it's
1: ba- so it's basically the PS4 game Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was... I don't know. I think there is there is a trend. Because, you know, networks want to get in on that. I think Net- Netflix in particular is re- really good about... They do things very cheaply. Mm-hmm and they because they're just trying to fill their um, service with content and they don't really give a shit about quality so they, but they also don't pay very well sorry netflix i'm not trying to work for you bitches so i'll call you out but like industry-wide everyone knows they don't pay very well so I'm, I'm also wondering if the unsolved mysteries reboot it was just a matter of funding like they couldn't do four segments for each episode not only because it's not a popular format anymore but just because they weren't given the money right to do that and, and and Netflix wanted, like, eight episodes or whatever.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I have to admit, I, I would potentially be flexible on the, like, four segments versus just an entire story in an, epi- an episode. If yeah. there was at least some, like, a, a lot more reenactments going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If there was something compelling. And to
1: have some sort of host... As, you know, a narrator and, you know, with cutting back to him at various locations, you know, giving a description of uh, mm-hmm. what's happened and what's what, where it's leading to. Though that does beg a question. If they did have a host for the new Unsolved Mysteries, who should it be?
0: Oh, God, I I had someone in mind and then I forgot who I realized that the perfect oh man person would be. But who would you who would you have as the host?
1: Shit, uh, at least at least you had the perfect person in mind. I do not. Uh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a while ago. Uh, God,
1: you... what's Peter Weller up to these days? You think he could do do the job?
0: is he alive is he alive i
1: think i think he is i mean wearing that rebel cop suit (laughs) didn't take too many years off his life i i i would hope that are alive you are coming with me
0: i would i mean i know he already did it i would love to see frakes back in a hosting role and i think he has the gravitas jonathan frakes sorry i realize people don't just walk around their house Talking about Commander Riker as Frakes, <laughs> <laughs> like your close friends, um, oh, oh, John. My, my good, my good friend, Johnny Frakes. Uh, yeah, that's not a thing. Um, right. I think. But yeah, he already did that. Uh, what was that uh, show that he be, did in the 90s? Uh, was
1: it a Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction?
0: Beyond belief, yeah. Yeah, that's what he was doing.
1: And, and, yeah, yeah, and that certainly was an iconic role. I I mean, a lot of memes to this day get generated by that. Did you ever have a job as a waiter? Um, Mm -hmm. And while you're right, he's already done the role, I feel like that certainly would mean that, like, he he could pretty easily slide into that uh, that position. And... uh, I mean, he's you know, he's a little bit older so he kind of has that that weight that age brings with it. Have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement?
0: Well, I mean, we're not you're not calling him No, I'm not saying fat. he's fat. I am he
1: has
0: he has the like
1: the presence of an older man. Yes. Uh yes. like cause, I mean, he was a, he was he was younger when when Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction was on. And so, I mean, obviously the mm-hmm. segments he did for that show were a bit, you know, a lot lighter, uh, pretty jokey. Like he, he show, you know, they have something set up and he talks about it and, and whatnot. And, you know, lots of smiles, but I feel like, I mean, in this, he's going to be a lot more, you know, uh, not, 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 not so many smiles just, you know, talking about some, some heavy shit.
0: I, yeah, I think without the host though, you kind of lose the creep out factor which Unsolved Mysteries has in spades. Yes, yes. And um, I mean, you... yeah, yeah I, I don't think I'm going to go back and finish watching the new I don't have, there's too much content. I don't have time for that. If it's not compelling, I don't.
1: It's not a priority for me.
0: No, not me either. I mean, when there's so many good old episodes of the real Unsolved Mysteries to get through.
1: <laughs> we're committed to our stupid podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, for the rest of our lives, probably at, at this rate, we'll be retired before we finish covering all of the episodes of the original series. So um, all that said, though, before I mean, this has been the longest intro ever, but it is Unsolved Mysteries related. So I, fe- it's not, I feel like yeah, it's, I was I was, was just thinking this is up. not a
1: ridiculous tangent at all
0: no it's very relevant to uh to what's going on i mean are we as a as a unsolved mysteries podcast absolutely trying to capitalize on the timing of the release of netflix's reboot by buying ad time on another more popular podcast yes of course we are we did that so (laughs) welcome if you're new (laughs) um Yes. Yes, we did that. So I I don't know if that ad is aired yet or or whatever, but hopefully by by the time this is released, it will have. So So we're getting some new people. So if
1: you like the new Unsolved Mysteries program, too bad, suckers, we don't.
0: Yeah this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> but please
1: keep listening.
0: Stack episodes uh, we can be found on yeah. Twitter
1: at reenactedpod. <laughs> Send <laughs> us an email at, at, reenactedpo, uh, at uh, @reenactedpod at gmail.com. On Facebook we have a reenacted fans podcast page. And uh, please yeah. give us a five, five, five stars on on iTunes. We really need to to make up <laughs> for all those horrible reviews that people left for us based purely off their technical difficulties downloading the show off <laughs> iTunes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, so if you are new, what we usually do uh, much earlier in the show is we start talking about a classic. Robert Stack uh, episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which is uh, what we we should probably start doing. Right yes, now yes. so uh, season
1: four, so episode s- twelve,
0: season four, episode twelve.
1: And so we start out with a segment that I found very confusing to watch, not because it hmm. was necessarily they did a bad job of. Giving me the details. It just. I really felt like this, this segment where we follow Michael St. Clair and his associate, mm-hmm. uh, was it Dennis Reese? Uh, yeah,
0: Dennis. They're, Reese. they're two
1: men who escape from a jail, go on the run, uh, unfortunately, killing several people along the way. And when the segment was over, I just I felt really strange, because I was like, did I, did they edit out half of this segment before putting it on, before uploading it or something? Because I was like, I don't, I don't get, it's not, it felt less like an unsolved mystery and more like the what you would see in an episode of America's Most Wanted. Mm. You know, just like, hey, there's someone on the run. Uh, in fact, I mean, even in the, uh, when Robert Stack gives the intro, you know, he's, describing the situation and he said, and instead of saying like, you know, uh, perhaps even perhaps you can solve a mystery. He says, perhaps you can prevent a murder. Yeah. (laughs) But this segment starts with a reenactment of miss Michael St. Clair, who we subsequently will learn was in jail because he was part of a drug trafficking operation in Oklahoma. And I guess his uncle was also a drug, drug trafficker and trying to muscle in on his, uh, Territory. So he hired someone to kill his uncle, and then he assassinated the guy he hired, which is uh, always good procedure. Uh, you know, first rule of assassination: kill the assassins. Uh, but somehow he got discovered. So he was in, he was put in jail, and we have this reenactment of someone at the jail coming to open up his jail cell. Because he is complaining about uh, something, uh, and it's just like when he when the the guy opens it up, he immediately like descends on him, and it just felt almost like it was like an impromptu escape or something, like because it was like that's it, that's your plan. I'm just gonna like, you know, say like, hey, I, I need something, and then just. Uh, 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 attack the the guard. I mean, that sounds more like the backup plan if your escape fails. But uh, what, what the thing I noticed most was in this reenactment in his cell he had a TV. Did you see that? Is that a thing? Um,
0: yeah, I think that's a th- that's a thing sometimes. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was like, a T his own TV in his cell. Why is he trying to escape? I mean. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had the the TV, he had the toilet. What else does the man need here? Right. I
1: mean, I guess maybe uh, because this happened on September 19th. So he had pretty much made it through the first week of the fall, new fall TV lineup. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, you know, he's like, well, you know, Man of the People wasn't so great earlier in the week. I'll uh, i wait and see Mm-mm. I'll wait and check out Drex <laughs> I'll wait and check out Drexel's class and you know if that's if that what,
0: what channel <laughs> is this?
1: Uh, well, I think
0: <laughs> what network was he watching?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what channel "A Man of the People" was on. It was like on like Sunday or Monday night. On was it uh, was it NBC or ABC? Uh, Drexel's class was on. Uh, Fox, uh, it, uh-huh. it it was in the half hour slot after The Simpsons on Thursday night. Oh, okay, back when The Simpsons okay. was on Thursdays. Um,
0: yeah. yes. Wow, that's I don't remember that time. I only remember The Simpsons being on Sunday. Yeah, i i
1: i'd long i i would long forgotten that they were on on any other time either. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess after watching Drexel's class, he's like, well. I like Dabney Coleman, but I don't think this this show's gonna last very long. So maybe he just decided to make his break there. Uh, he force, forces the <laughs> the prison employee to to also free this uh, this other guy, this Dennis Reese, who I guess is just someone he made the acquaintance of in jail. Um, and the two of them they escape and they go on a very unfortunate uh, lengthy escape situation where they are killing people as they're emerging out from their, um, from convenience stores and stealing their vehicles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a state trooper tr- tried to pull them over in one of these vehicles. They fired at him a couple of times. The trooper managed to just duck in, in, the, in no more of a, uh, you know, professional manner than I would in the reenactment the guy just sort of leans over but uh, yeah they they escape with the, they escape from that stop with, with the truck and somehow like I, I, this is where i really got confused the segment said uh, said that they they crossed the interstate and as a result the tires got blown out and i was wait what mm. is is there in my mind, I pictured an interstate, but instead of, like, concrete barriers in the middle, separating the lanes going different directions, I just had this middle image of, like, those spikes that come up in, like, pay parking places or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: did, did, did you understand why, why their tires would blow out from just crossing the interstate? I didn't...
0: Yeah, I don't know. With Yeah, without the pol- the, the police or highway patrol, like, putting down those strips oh, that yeah. are intended to slow people down but um i'm gonna assume that they were like whatever's going on in kentucky what i guess that's where they got caught up with
1: somewhere around there um, I, 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 I i honestly i'm
0: just i'm just gonna assume that kentucky's highways are full of like mario kart like traps <laughs> I've never been there, so just banana peels, oil slicks, and, like, Bowser spikes. (laughs) And,
1: uh, obviously, you want to, like, try to run over one of those question mark boxes so you can get, like, the mushrooms so you can speed ahead.
0: Yeah, get big. Yeah. Yeah, you speed ahead. Or one of those stars that makes you Invincible, invincible. yeah,
1: and you just plow through all the other cars on, on the road. Uh, I am I'm sure I'm sure living in Los Angeles and driving in Los Angeles traffic, you yearn for oh my that. Oh god,
0: I wish I had an invincibility. <laughs> I just kidding. I haven't left the valley in weeks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's a freeway? I don't even know anymore. Okay. Uh so <laughs> Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, uh, they um, they make it they they kill a couple of individuals uh along uh uh to to grab their vehicles and then Subsequently, they kill, like, two different women working in video stores just in the process of robbing the registers.
0: Yeah, I mean, the killing, all of this killing is really senseless. Right. It, I I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand it. It's I don't understand it generally. It makes me think maybe they were, like, on drugs or something. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You know? Or just, like, so cold-blooded that they're, like, no witnesses. Or something.
0: Yeah, except there's, except there's like plenty of witnesses because <laughs> that's why we're talking about that. Right,
1: right. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, you know the they they speak with um, a detective who the, the, the uh, is unsolved mysteries speaks with the detective, not the the killers. Uh, and he basically he he really emphasizes to the people watching that do not approach these guys like anyone watching mm-hmm. is going to <laughs> I think that's a good idea after everything that they they've described uh yeah but uh and then the the segment ends and i mean i was like i was so perplexed i was like the mystery to that's it i mean it was, it was just it was basically just a call for act it was just basically like hey these guys are wanted keep an eye out for them
0: um yeah and it's it's super i mean of course when i was watching on amazon prime we got cut off with a commercial where i think an update would have been so there wasn't any update uh i got on on
1: youtube they showed a it was one of those updates where it just shows the still images of their faces and some text so presumably Uh, they were not apprehended by uh an due to an unsolved mysteries Mm. tip but yeah, they both they both ended up being apprehended and they were se- both sentenced to life uh sentences. So
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, we didn't I didn't get that. Be- yeah, because whatever channel via Amazon. I don't even know what's happening on Amazon Prime anymore. Uh cut it off like right where the update would be and it's not the it's like that happened repeatedly.
1: I feel like I don't...
0: (laughs) In this episode that I'm watching. I
1: feel like I don't want to watch Amazon Prime. Because if they're going to have... Like, the commercials are just, like, playing where the show would be instead.
0: No, I think it's just the way that they put the... You know, because it's all automatic right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you... On streaming. Like, on Hulu, it's like, oh, at minute whatever... I think Hulu is a little more seamless. So I think probably the way it's programmed is when you in the original episode, when you have that fade to black to commercial, mm-hmm. that's where they're inserting the commercials now. But it's not like perfect because it's all probably not an algorithm. So um, so it's cutting off like the little last piece of a segment and then coming back at the very end of a segment and maybe something's been missing. So it sounds like uh. my update for this was missing.
1: I would write a sternly worded letter to Amazon Prime about that.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, dear Jeff Bezos. <laughs> would, would that I could, would that I could cancel my Amazon Prime membership yet again. So, uh,
2: uh.
0: Anyways, well, I'm glad they got captured because those dudes was, was scary. Yeah, that I didn't like that segment very that much. That was, uh,
1: that was like basically a public safety alert.
0: Normally, in this circumstance, I think we'd dedicate a lot of time to trying to analyze what was happening um, on the shelves of those video stores. (laughs) Uh, But but in light of the fact that such grisly murders took place, I tried not to, like, get too silly.
1: I I also had uh, a similar thought. I mean, as much as I would love to talk about an old 1980s or 90s video store shelf... Uh, it, it's just yeah. uh, due to the hor- horrific circumstances that, like we see both video stores yeah. in, uh, we're just gonna give that a pass.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad we agree on that. That's too bad. That would have been pre. Oh,
1: that that that's usually our whole raison d'être. is <laughs> like, man, if, a, if an old video store came up, are you even I would mm-hmm. be analyzing every aspect of it, like anything that could be seen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but in this case, that would be tacky. Mm-hmm. So, um, hey Robbie, uh, should we talk about um some c- creepy old hoe in her mansion on the hill?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, okay. So we are gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay in the south here for um the next bit. Oh man. <sighs>
1: i I know that re-signed sigh that you just gave
0: (laughs) yeah this this segment was also kind of confusing maybe maybe i was wrong maybe unsolved mysteries didn't slow down the pacing a little bit because i get confused um so ellen mcclungberry was a was uh this old grand old gal um that lived out in the uh Which is I'm going to say pretty clearly a former uh, plantation.
1: Yeah, it's almost certainly yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, they don't say that, but the you know the house that they show is like classic you know Georgian style, and um, she's out in the country, and so we're going to pretty much assume either her parents or grandparents owned a whole whole bunch of other people, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) moving on from that. She still had money, so uh, they just call her a wealthy heiress. Um, so in the seventies, I guess nineteen seventy-eight. This, so she, we get a lot of information actually about Ellen Ellenberry from her uh, gay friend. <laughs> I are you talking
1: about the guy with the white hair um, and the beard? Yeah, yes, you
0: know. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Uh, uh, I when he first showed up. Like the way he there's that white collar on his outfit, I was like, Oh, is, mm-hmm. is that is that guy the town priest? <laughs> um, but no no uh, uh, he he's like uh he's he was actually the most fascinating person in the whole segment, really to me. Uh yeah,
0: I yeah I don't I'm not saying gay as in like this disparaging him. I just I feel like there is a certain relationship between the gay community and these grand old dames like Bette Midler and Ellen (laughs) Barry, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to assume that's, that's, they're just friends. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he, he gives us a lot of information and, and so he's basically setting the scene, which is to say that like Ellen didn't come into town a lot, but she just sort of had this weight (laughs) to use your word in the community, which means if she could just kind of summon you to her Right. Uh, which is A power I wish that I had um, Not really I don't want people in my house to be honest and You
1: know if I was anyway. If I was living in a house as big as that Like honestly mm-hmm. If anyone who entered Such a house would find about 90% of the rooms completely empty And then like in one of the uh, I guess the, the parlor Or the drawing room or what not Just like a comfy couch-like chair and a TV and, like, a cardboard box that I set my remote control on and whatever plate I'm eating off mm-hmm. of. And that's pretty much what I'd be doing with that house.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't live in a house that big now and I have trouble, like, conceptualizing how to use all the rooms as one as a one person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like it's mostly just. <laughs> I was fine in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, I, I mostly.
1: <laughs> it just seems like it'd just be a like a, a variety of rooms all for the purpose of just sitting down on a couch.
0: And how many real rooms do you really need for that? Yeah. Honestly. Um, so, Ellen Berry, owner of many rooms and couches. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, I, I don't know this. I was this mentioned in the segment? Because I'm reading in the wiki, Ellen had a son, had a son. Right,
1: right. They they kind of like uh, they they mentioned it uh, early on and don't really uh, connect it until the very end. Where like she had she had a son who I guess when he was what 18 or something mm-hmm. there was a dispute about the inheritance and he I guess he mm-hmm. shot and killed I I guess would be Ellen's mother. Or or maybe or what? Or or, or maybe it, or maybe it was the grand. Or maybe it would have been.
0: No, you're you're right. Or or it could have
1: been his it's, grandmother yeah. on the different side of the family. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, he was ruled mentally incompetent to stand trial, and then I guess there were rumors, which I mean, I guess meant rumors within the town that he had been lobotomized yeah. and relocated to Mexico, which
0: that. Rumor is insane,
1: <laughs> but I mean, isn't that something that could happen in the early nineteen fifties? I, I I assume there were a lot of like mental health <laughs> abuses that went on all the time, right? I, sure. I, I,
0: oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, but why? Why was he sent to Mexico?
1: Just to 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 keep him uh, from like being a reminder of of the family scandal. I don't I don't know about that part. I mean, it that is strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Really doesn't come up again, except, um, Mm -mm. at the end of the episode, they have that, they, they sort of present this hypothesis that some people had that like this individual that will soon be introduced in Helen's life was actually her son who they just like Mm -hmm. created a new identity for, um, uh, and as a way to try to you know explain possible motivation or, or whatever, but the, I guess someone who actually just worked for Unsolved Mysteries managed to track down the actual guy that is going to be the focus of this uh, segment. And so it's like, okay, so that hypothesis uh, was wrong and really didn't even need to be aired, but except to chew up a couple of minutes of airtime. I... <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't. I feel like there's a whole other thing going on with Ellen's son here. That was probably a really interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it
0: unsolved mystery within this. Yeah, it,
1: I mean, it does like knowing about her son kind of in a way. And her her friend even uh, sort of I think he's the one who puts forward this uh, proposition that because she, uh, this this individual, this Dan todevode, who entered her life, uh he he kind of became like a surrogate uh, for her son uh, he, he reminded her of of her son in a way, and so having him around was just comforting in a way that you know it was like her son was back in a way,
0: uh yeah, I mean, it's weird because. Ellen's hus- husband passes away in February of 1978, and then t- months later, Dan Tondeval just sort of arrives. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't even With know.
1: sweater tied around his.
0: <laughs> Robbie, he's from Denmark, and that just makes him automatically classier than anyone else. Uh, I,
1: I, yeah, uh, yeah, goes around listening to classical music. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to share Um, that stereotype, but, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know how the Danes be. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Tondevold shows up, he moves into the guest house. He takes over the day-to-day operation of the estate, which, you know, is probably a lot of work to be honest for, for an older woman to keep up. Sure. Um, you know, the bossing around of the, uh staff (laughs) and um and and like literally less than four years later uh ellen ends up giving dan tondevold the power of attorney so what that means is basically he can make financial decisions on her behalf yeah um so what is that that's 1982 the next year uh so she spends a million dollars buying him horses because he said he was a horse breeder.
1: Yeah. I uh, really, really wanted those, uh, those, those, horses, uh, who he like each one named after the estate that, that, she lived on.
0: Yeah. Barrymont Barrymont is the, uh, estate. So all the, yeah, all the horses were named like Barrymont one, Barrymont two, you know, real creative <laughs> stuff here. Uh, <laughs> um, and then and then up pops her uh, uh, her good friend uh, that's relaying the story, just saying that was kind of weird. But I guess Ellen brushed it off and was like, a million dollars is nothing to me. Uh, a million dollars in horses. Why? I feel like uh, horses are also really like art or wine a really good way to launder money.
1: Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, it,
0: it... I don't know why I think that. I just feel like that's true.
1: I mean, I mean, Well, I mean, it is interesting because like when you when you watch this segment, it does, like it feels like there's two different tracks. There's the track of like the money that he's like secretly stealing from her. And then there's the track of the money that he's just openly like getting her to spend on him. And so, I mean, it could be that like right. he's using the horses that he's buying to somehow funnel that money he's uh, stealing from her into that or something uh through that somehow i don't know i've never i've never actually uh swindled a wealthy widow before so i'm not sure how these things work
0: exactly <laughs> i don't know how any of this i don't know how any of this works yeah this segment was so flipping confusing i'm glad i'm reading the wiki now because it kind of pieces it together in a way that makes a little bit more sense to yeah. me but um so at some point in 1984 Dan goes down and said hey we gotta we gotta get out of here let's take a trip and so they're gonna head up to south to charleston south carolina or head down to Ch- yes down to Charleston, Over South to Carolina. Charleston, <laughs> okay. Over, uh, sh- uh yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. To the east yes. <laughs> of Tennessee is South Carolina. I knew that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any hoodles. Uh, so Dan, like, for whatever reason, it's like, we need to be chauffeured. And so he runs this very strange classified ad for a chauffeur in Charleston, not in Knoxville, where they live, right? Um, and uh, the ad that they actually show in the unsolved mystery segment is like very specific, <laughs> and it's like this person has to be single. They have to be. Uh, it's well, it's said non-fat,
1: <laughs> no fatty, which I
0: assume means. No fatties or just someone on a non-fat diet. I'm not really sure what that meant. Uh, non-smoker, and then with and then with the classified ad, the respondents were asked to send a photo along as well. Which is very this is very strange. And um,
1: yeah, like sir, that go got my attention while watching the episode. Like a photo. Where are they going with this? And I, uh, you know, obviously they. Yeah.
0: Well, there's. <sighs> There's a theory here that that unsolved mysteries, and then some people in town with this, you know, this this little high society in Knoxville. They sure like their rumors, <laughs> you know, insane rumors that they come they, up with.
1: Such a bunch of uh, gossiping.
0: I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm picturing the high tea where they're talking about Ellen Barry's son, and and then there's one woman who's just like, well, you know, I shouldn't be saying this, but. <laughs> I heard and then she leans in to whisper. I heard that what's the son's name?
1: Was Hugh? Uh,
0: I heard that Mr. Barry was lobotomized and sent off to Mexico and it's like what that's insane. <laughs> um okay, anyways, so yeah, they go to Charleston, they hire a chauffeur. Um it's a four-month vacation. It's like, bitch, just say you live in Charleston now. Okay, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Dan, After four months in Charleston, Dan tells Ellen Barry to fly home with her hired companion, uh, which I assume is the chauffeur, but I'm not sure at this no, point. I, in the I, I, no, no, a woman.
1: no I, I think what it is is like, because uh, uh, like she, she arrives at the mansion with uh, another female, and I mm-hmm. think like that's the hired
0: companion, cause it, cause it. Oh, would, so there's two different people that they hire. Yeah, there's a chauffeur and a companion. Because it wouldn't,
1: it wouldn't be the chauffeur, because then their theory about what's happening next wouldn't make any sense if the chauffeur was simultaneously with Mrs. Okay. Barry back at the mansion, and then also. I'll, I'll leave it to you to <laughs> describe. Right.
0: So, so they hired someone else just to fly back with mrs barry yeah
1: or, or i mean she
0: just as like it, her yeah i something.
1: mean it could have been someone who went down with them or, or, or something like that. maybe it's someone who just god this is yeah they didn't really they didn't really so allow, explain that who this person was very clearly
0: uh, no they didn't but anyway in the reenactment they get back to the estate in uh knoxville and like all the utilities are cut off like the phone doesn't work the lights won't come on um she finds uh, long and short of it, Mrs. Barry's informed that basically she's been cleaned out um, and that there's a, there was a Dan had put a mortgage on her house. So obviously because it was built by her um, ancestors and then uh, the slaves that they owned, she owned the house outright. yeah, <laughs> so she wasn't like making housing payments for her entire life. Um, I'm I'm taking a pretty pretty comfortable leap though when I say I'm pretty sure. Like pretty darn sure oh. this was a working plantation. Um, I mean, prior to it, the Civil it, I mean, War and then probably was. after it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so suddenly she has all these bills she doesn't know what to do with, and also she's been ripped off. Uh, you know what would be fun though is if like Dan had ripped her off for the purpose of like paying reparations. <laughs> Like that would be like a fun twist,
1: like 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 of like justice. He, 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 he tracked down the descendants of all the slaves her 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 mm-hmm. ancestors owned, and gave them an gave them a, a racehorse each.
0: <laughs> yeah, to do to do with as they please. Um, like like
1: they're like yeah. uh, okay, this is really more of a hindrance having to take care of this horse, but. Um, Thank yeah, you for
0: the somebody's just like, The fuck am I supposed to do horse? with this horse? <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, you couldn't have just given uh, us some money instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been a fun twist, but that's not what happened. Uh, so, so Tondavald Dan is, is he, meanwhile, he's in Charleston, he's racking up uh, all the shit on Ellen's credit cards, and then finally the cards go over the limit and he bails and then the, like the next day in South Carolina, they find the authorities find like a suicide note and last will and testament. Now here's the twist a couple weeks later and in a nearish to this area, a man's body was found and he had been shot, shot in the back of the head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and an antique gun belonging to Ellen was found near the body. Okay. Yeah. Also there was a dead dog. The man had no ID, but he was carrying one of Ellen's credit cards. And then a security guard identified the body as Tondevald's. So, so the security guard from where Tondevald had been, the resort that Tondevald had been staying at in Charleston, ID'd the body as Tondevald. Uh, except the body, you know, it's been in a swamp for two weeks. It's pretty nasty. So they, who can really right.
1: that? Right. Though, um, though he did insist, or, or the segment said that, like, that, like, the, the, the guard said that. You know, he's like, yeah, this guy literally walked up to me and introduced himself as Dan Ta- Tonnevald or, or or something along those lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, he's yeah.
0: um. Well, we're not ever going to know because he was ID'd as Tonnevald and his last Tannevald's last will and testament. Remember that he left said that he was to be cremated, so we're not we're going to know. Um, and then the rumor mill in Knoxville started up again (laughs) god damn it um which is to say that the people of knoxville some of them thought that dan tondevold was act was actually ellen barry's son hugh and that Hugh had not passed away in mexico sorry yeah he died um (laughs) he had not passed away in mexico but in fact had come back um And then, you know, other people are like, okay, Tondeval posted the ad for the chauffeur in Charleston to find a guy that looked enough like him. So when the time came, he could kill the guy, you know, fake the suicide note, kill the guy in the swamp and then um, and then bail. So the whole thing about it being uh, Ellenberry's son was was dismissed because an unsolved mysteries researcher, like you said, found a yearbook uh was it a yearbook? Yeah. Yeah. From a Las Vegas high school that had a young Dan Tondevald, which really throws the whole thing about him being from Denmark out the window. He's from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, so we don't really we don't know who the body was in the swamp. And we don't actually know if Dan Tondevald died. Yeah, I mean And we so we don't know two things here.
1: Yeah, and so we have the speculation. That, you know, he hired the driver and the he, the reason he was so particular about things like no family connections and trying to get that picture was he was trying to find someone who would be a close enough fit in terms of appearance
2: yeah.
1: that, you know, if uh, the body's found a couple of weeks later in its decayed state that someone might conceivably uh, identify this body as Dan Tonevald. Um, I actually kind of like, I in my mind I went a step further and I was like, I wonder if like he, like when he was paying the driver, he was like, okay, now I want you to go into this resort and approach the security guard and identify yourself as me. Like, you know, that would be a strange request if, if you were yeah, mm-hmm. from this guy who has uh, hired you to drive him around. But uh, and, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, he's paying enough. He's handing out enough cash that you're like, uh, OK, but I mean, I guess I guess your suspicion wouldn't immediately be that he's setting you up for like to be his replacement has a dead body.
0: Yeah, his literal body double. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you wouldn't assume that. I mean, as mysteries go, I think this is a pretty good one. Yeah, movie. I mean
1: this was this was, this as opposed to the Michael St. Clair thing, which really was was wasn't a mystery. There is a there there's definitely a mystery here. Um
0: because we don't other than we we find out that I guess Ellen had to sell her um plantation yeah. uh and move into an apartment. Um yeah, that's I mean, that's the only update we get is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen had to move to an apartment. So, uh yeah, this is this is a good one. It's pretty creepy because for all we I mean, I kind of think that's what happened is that Dan recruited a guy who looked like him when he had run when he had run the widow dry. He killed that guy and moved yeah. on and became someone else. And went about his life. I th- honestly think that's what happened. It's
1: it's a theory that really fits the facts. And I mean, because like as as Ellen's yeah. friend said, like you know, you you would think that this guy who spent all these years like slowly like draining away all of her uh, her money. I mean, like he's sh- surely he's not just gonna be like, oh well, I guess I'll just kill myself. Um, uh, that like no, it's, he's. This was this was part of a extremely long-term plan, I maybe. Um yeah, I I like the segment.
0: Um Yeah, it was it was I mean, I kind of find the whole like anti anti-bellum southern granddom um, big house I find that whole aesthetic really yucky <laughs> for understandable reasons. Yeah. But as far as as far as so, I'm like I find, what I find yucky about it is sort of elevating it as this as it being an aspirational lifestyle because of its really evil history. So, all of that said, I'm not saying Ellen got what was coming to her because she had about as, as much to do with slavery as anybody alive right now. Um, But uh, it it added a layer of like weird justice to it. <laughs> i don't know like like her her wealth was built on in in a very unsavory fashion that she just lived on and then she got cleaned out you know so Uh, it's i don't know it's a good story it's a good one unsolved mysteries i wasn't expecting to to like it as much as i did but as far as an unsolved mystery goes that's it it ticks all the boxes i think yeah yeah um hey robbie two two things are happening right now okay um, one of them is I know you need to get to work at some point. <laughs> I,
1: I I still got like another forty minutes. Um,
0: but also, we are running a bit long. Yeah. Uh, so how much how much time? Because with this this episode ends with two one uh, lost love segments, and I happen to think one is a little bit more interesting than the other. Well,
1: one. Well, I'll 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 so, go ahead and blast through Anne Curry. Uh, let's blast.
0: Yeah. You. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> That's awful. I th- you, you,
1: I hope you didn't think I meant that in a sexual way. I meant, like, dynamite. Well,
0: Robbie. Robbie, why don't you quit stalling in his Blast 3 and curry okay, already, okay, so
1: we get a segment that's Lost Loves, but honestly, I feel like it really should be uh, one of... Uh, one. Uh, they should have taken the chance to call it, you know, The Investigators, a rarely used... Ty- uh, segment type yeah.
0: what happened to the investigators it still
1: exists Where'd it they still go? exists because when i was watching the intro to this episode it was one of the you know at the beginning they have all the segment categories fly by it was in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we've had like what two huh? uh, why not make the Robbie? Yeah.
0: are we the investigators now I mean, I don't mean to throw I, throw you in an existential crisis. Uh, but... I'm
1: sorry, but you've kind of uh, too late.
0: Uh... <laughs> Did I just slam the brakes on this entire episode?
1: <laughs> you have. I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh. Um. But
0: you. Well, sorry. I was to remind you, we're going to plow through Ann Curry.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we start out. We we uh, speaking with Jim Curry, uh, who. The they reveal in the twists like not only is he you know looking for his his mother, but he's a guy who professionally look you know finds people's parents. Um, strangely enough, it's connected to it's because it's connected to him working as a with the public defenders office or something uh, for people who and this is for people who are could end up on death rows. This just to find people to say goodbye to or. I don't know. They don't really explain, but that's his job. Um, his mom was Anne Anne Curry, uh, Annie Curry, and she was uh, for
0: from... not not Anne Curry the uh, news. No, no, no. Uh, yeah,
1: she was. In fact, she She was a young woman uh, in Wales during World War II. She met her name was actually Annie Fry, and she met a guy named. Donald Curry, who was a Canadian soldier, you know, they fell in love and she got pregnant and they, uh, she ended up in Canada, uh, I think it was British Columbia, Canada. Um, And Donald, he returns home from the war and so he's got like two kids now. And they have a little reenactment of him coming you know, up to the, the, the door of the house and she comes out and they embrace and then two older people who I assume are Donald's parents are watching from the front porch. And uh, very quickly, though, the uh, segment establishes that Donald, I assume, I guess he must have had some form of PTSD, uh, had some unfortunate experiences because of the war and just sort of closed off emotionally. Um, they end up having uh, a situation where he's, he's off at, at work most of the time. She actually ends up involved in the in a, in an affair with someone. Uh, he finds out, and they end up in a custody case uh, and we have a reenactment of it and it is just the most horrifying custody case reenactment i've ever seen uh like Mm. you know the um you know the british uh uh, not british but the canadian judge is like well donald is a clean wholesome individual with a fine war record i have no uh, alternative but to find in his favor and then, like, he, like, after just giving him the kids completely, you know, like, like she has no rights to them at all, he, the judge, the judge is, like, th- then dials it back, like, a quarter of a step, and was like, addresses Donald's was, like, I would advise you to be magnanimous to Annie. She is a clean, wholesome person, until her, uh... Uh, involvement with the correspondent <laughs> Which <laughs> I guess That was the, the, the term for Someone that you're having an affair with I, I've never heard that before But and so
0: That's very polite. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and Donald Like up, he gets the kids And Very soon After getting them he Gets rid of the younger one and puts them up For adoption like and then
0: yeah well he's it's more th- he wasn't like put up for adoption he was sent to live with family friends oh is that adopted oh
1: okay him.
0: yeah he wasn't just like put on the open market
1: <laughs> he was sent
0: right to some family friends and that were nearby in Vancouver, oh
1: okay well so. i guess that's a little less horrifying yeah. but i mean still like if you don't want him why not let the mother have him you know
0: well because what she did was so immoral right. that there's no reconciling her being a good mother at this but point the, and being able to take care of her. But the judge
1: who took away all of her children. parental rights was like she's still worthy of redemption if you if you're willing to be patient well, with her. It's like <laughs> god.
0: Robbie, I don't think either one of us are well versed in in custody laws in Canada in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know that's true. Um, and so like Annie does, she, she meets up with Donald and I think this is Jim's last memory of her, uh, trying to like, Mm. you know, she's like, well, would he be willing to let me see the kids or something that, you know, it'd be uh, nice for them to have their mother in their life. And Donald, Mm -hmm. like, is just sitting on the couch, like a robot. And it's just like, no. Yeah. And, uh yeah that's the last jim ever saw of his mother um he relates how frustrating it is for him to professionally be someone who reunites people with their family and he can't uh find her and uh unfortunately there is no update on this so i guess he never did
0: yeah it's kind of a bummer yeah it's a big bummer Um, I guess for what it's worth, though, Jim had a really good relationship with his, I guess his dad got remarried. Am I remembering this? And he had a good relationship with his stepmothers, too. I think there were two remarriages. (laughs) Oh, God. I I don't
1: even remember that.
0: (laughs) After I vague. That's a vague detail. It's not even in the wiki, but I remember. No. Yeah. He he, uh, Donald and Jim moved to Los Angeles soon afterwards, giving up Daryl for adoption. And uh, Donald remarried twice. Yeah, so he ha- he was close with this, and and then I remember from the segment too that Jim had had actually found, uh, Daryl who was still living in Vancouver, but Daryl, you know, was so young when his parents left basically that he considered his adoptive parents his parents and had no desire to, try and track Annie down. Right. So, um, on, yeah. Anyway, it, it's just it's not it's kind of a bummer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I said, it's just kind of. Not not the lost loves uh, that you want.
1: Well, fortunate for for you, we we have another lost <laughs> loves, and I think uh, the, the resolution is a little more to your liking.
0: I th- yeah, I th- I love when Unsolved Mysteries ends a episode on like a heartwarming or at least satisfying note. So real quickly. Um, I think this is a really lovely story. So way back in the... We're back in Tennessee again. Why did I get the... I got the Tennessee segments. <laughs> um, we're back in Tennessee. And um, we're getting... Most of the story we're getting from the point of view of a woman named Zella Mhm.
2: Uh,
0: uh, Zella Uh Oh, Zella o something or other. I don't know what her married name is. So Zella May. Uh, is re- recalling that when she was a teenager during uh, the spring of 1939, a uh, young father and his two uh, young daughters came came through their land, and I as I guess was sort of customary back in the Depression. Uh, you know, because so many people were unemployed that that you know, there's the whole thing about being you know hobo on the rails or whatever. is you try to travel around and you know take on odd jobs here and there for a little bit of money to feed yourself and just get by as uh this man tom underwood was trying to do with his daughters i guess their mother had passed away when they were really young mm-hmm. and um so they arrived at uh Zelame's family's farm and um so he was asking you know if we can just stay the night And maybe if there's some work I can do. And Tom Underwood said, you know, I'll go stay out in the barn if the little girls can sleep in the house. And then Zellame's father said, well, this is, that's, that's nonsense. You'll come and sleep in the house with us. And they had a really nice meal uh, with everyone. And, and the family took to the little girls. And so the next day, though, uh, they, you know, they went on their way. And I guess it was a few days later where Zelomae um, saw the girls and the father like getting ready to head out of town or something. They were jumping in the back of a truck, it looked like in the reenactment. Yeah. And uh I it was something like uh, something like the the guy the dad, Tom Underwood, mentioned like he was having to like leave the girls with I don't know what it was, but Zellame was like, this is nonsense. You will come stay with our family. All I have to do is talk to my father. I'm sure it'll be fine.
2: Yeah.
0: Just come stay with us. And he's he's like, well, I can't do that. But the Zellame's father, Charlie, has a conversation with Tom and says, well, we'll let the girls stay here. You know, we have enough. We don't have much, but we have enough. So just let them stay here. And then when the time comes and you're more stable, you can... You know, come retrieve your girls, and you can see them whenever you like. So, I guess the girls, um, Madeline and Ada, were there for a little over two, two years, years. Yeah, yeah, they were there for a long time. And I would say, like, they arrived when they were seven and nine. So when they, when their dad finally shows up to collect them, they're like nine and eleven, yeah. which is like pretty formative time.
1: Totally. And I mean, they certainly developed an attachment to to the place and the family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, Charlie adored Charlie the dad of the best family. Um adored them. There's like some really sweet reenactments of just him skipping down the road <laughs> with them holding hands. Um there was another one where I guess Zelome's mother had some kind of nerve disorder and really couldn't look after herself anymore. So so the gal the little gal, what's her name? Alva? Yeah. Ada? The well uh,
1: you you
0: Madeline, yeah, Madeline yeah. was close to the mom's name as Alpha. <laughs> so, Mad- there's like a really sweet reenactment where like Madeline, Madeline, who's you know just a small girl herself, is like helping the mom. Yeah, it's just a really, it's just like really nice. Yeah. Um, so finally in 1941, Tom Underwood shows back up again. He had he came by a couple of times during those two years just to check on him. Mm-hmm. And in 1941, he was like, "Okay, time to go." Um, you know, and what you know, the best family, what are they gonna do? They don't have any legal rights right? to these children. they're not really, and they can't insist if their dad comes, he's just like that was the arrangement. he's got it it's their father. they've got to go It did
1: seem like kind of a jerk um, move for him to like just be like, okay, we're going like right now, you know, no don't even you yeah. pack. It's like what?
0: Yeah, there was something in the reenactment where Tom Underwood said he'd gotten remarried.
1: Or, oh or yeah, okay.
0: Um, so I don't know if this was in the segment, but this is in the wiki because I don't remember this being the segment. Uh, about three months after, char- uh, Tom came to collect his daughters, the best family received a letter from them saying that Tom had actually left them at an orphanage in Nashville. Yes, that
1: was in the segment. Uh, yeah, yeah, this this is and, a second example of like, a you know, someone coming along to take away kids from a place they want to be at and then being like, yeah. eh.
0: Uh, and then ditching them yeah and then having second thoughts or whatever um i but i can also okay but here's the thing i can also understand it from tom's point of view because he didn't he probably didn't want to i mean these the best had already been taking care of his daughters for two years right and i can see how he might not want to burden them again with that even even though so so the best get this letter Charlie Best, the dad, is like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get them. Like, I'm getting them out of that orphan. This is ridiculous. You um, know where my before Charlie could go. You re- know where
1: my mind mm-hmm. went when yes. an orphanage was mentioned. A, a, an orphanage in Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I like immediately I was like, wait. Oh, did yeah. Did they end up in the Tennessee mm-hmm. Children's Home Society? Did Georgia Tan like well strip away both girls from from Mister <sighs> Underwood? Uh, but then I, I, I when I lo- looked at it, looked it up, uh, her her base of operations was Memphis, not Nashville. So,
0: yeah. Right. Also, I think Madeline and Ada were like old enough <laughs> that they could be like, um, we were stolen. <laughs>
1: true, true. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't think they have a, a legacy. Yeah, that lady was only selling babies and toddlers. not yeah. <laughs> Not, you know preteens uh so anyway um so before charlie could go charlie best could go collect them from the from the orphanage their dad tom underwood comes back to get them and then the best never heard from the two girls again and so this is the this is the lost love is zella may um her her father who's still alive (laughs) at 91 years old um uh, still, still wonders about them. He obviously had a really strong attachment to them, and so Mae is on unsolved mysteries, and she wants to find Madeline and Ada to today or in the early nineties, yeah. as it were. And of course, we get a really beautiful update. Unfortunately, one of the sisters, I think it was Madeline. The, was Madeline the older one?
1: I that that's I what know. I thought. I don't really yeah. know.
0: Um. Yeah, Madeline had passed away in 1978. Um. But Ada was very much alive and in good health and lived in Indiana. And she happened to be watching the broadcast, so she called. Uh, she called up the hotline, and she was ten days later reunited with, um, with the whole best family. Uh, and got to see Charlie, and um, it's just, it's really it was like really really heartwarming, honestly. Yes, very much so. Because you could you could see that Charlie like very much remembered even though you know uh ada was you know in her 50s (laughs) (laughs) her 60s at this point of the story you know uh charlie was just very very tender with her and it was just it was really nice and i like when unsolved mysteries ends this way because the 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 extra sugar on top of this cake is that um charlie eight weeks after that reunion passed away yeah So, so he, he got to see her one last time and then he got to rest in peace. And it was a very nice story. And I liked it a lot.
1: Sounds like you're tearing up over there.
0: I did. I teared up a little bit because I just, it's just like, it's so pure because it's the story of like taking care of each other Mm -hmm. and then, and then having that, that sort of unconditional love that, that sometimes you can have with folks that aren't your family. Cause sometimes it just people, your life works that way and and it brings really generous folks right into it. Even, you know what I'm saying? I probably, I'm probably transferring a little bit of stuff right now because there was someone in my life that had been, had shown that kind of presence. I mean, I didn't live with them for two (laughs) years, but had shown that sort of generosity and presence who unfortunately passed away. Uh Back in May, so oh. um, so I'm probably transferring yeah. a little bit here onto Charlie Best, but he was a good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Robbie, this has been an incredibly long e- episode.
1: <laughs> oh, I I don't know. Back back in the early days of our pod, we'd usually end up around this spot. Oh, uh, yeah. So we've already said yeah. all the stuff about um, uh you know our social media presence so go do all that and uh, do you have anything else to say
0: yeah do all do all of yeah. it uh, and uh, no i don't have i mean that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I'll, wear a mask. I'll, I'll let you be all misty eyed over over <laughs> How there about yeah that? Uh, and then
0: how about just a little PSA at the end of this? Wear, wear a freaking mask when you're outside, you guys. Like, I don't know what country you're in, but uh, probably if you're listening to this in English, it's a good idea that you do that. In, and In Nevada, um,
1: someone's actually formed a no-mask pack to advocate uh, against well, wearing masks.
0: <laughs> I hope they look forward to us uh, having a petering economy and being stuck in our homes for the next year with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> personally, I would like to get back to business as usual, and that's why I wear a mask when I leave the house. Yes. Um, it seems pretty simple, but yeah, just put, just cover your face faces, people. It's the, it's the right thing to do. Um, the other thing is, why not throw in a Black Lives Matter at the end of this? Yeah, okay um i loved i just love saying it out loud it's been a couple weeks i don't want to lose the heat how about that um and and then go rate us five stars on itunes if you liked if you're new and you liked what you heard um if you didn't like what you heard just you don't need to you don't have to listen to our podcast that's it's uh you don't have to do that it's fine
1: yeah (laughs)
0: Um, wanna do
1: the thing? Join us next week for another. No, not. Well, well, it won't be next week for the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Join us for another edition of Unsolved Mysteries?